It's Vader time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Bummer Slam Oops All Rat Edition with me, your host, Rowdy Rat Girl. Welcome again. Thanks for listening once again. Um, I actually just found out on my analytics on my Anchor app that I got my very first international listener. So thanks to whoever is listening from the United Kingdom. That's very exciting to me. I had no idea that would ever happen. Um, yeah, I just love doing this podcast. That made me really excited. I wanted to talk about it at the top of the show. Um, just wanted to say a big thank you to you guys for continuing to listen, even if it's just casually. Um, I love making this show. I don't really expect anyone to listen, but the fact that people do, it's just, it just makes my heart happy. So big thank you to all of you guys, gals, and everything else that listen to this show. Thanks again. Um... Today on the show, it's going to be a little bit darker than we've gone before, um, save for like the Bruiser Brody episode that I did with Drake. This is an episode that I've wanted to do for a very, very long time, actually since the very beginning of this podcast. Uh, Today we're doing professional wrestling conspiracy theories. Um, If you know me, then you know that I love true crime. I love conspiracy theories. I love spooky shit of any any kind. Um, And so when that matches up with my other favorite thing in the world, which of course is professional wrestling, I get very excited and I get very opinionated. So I'm just going to warn you all now that I do have very hard opinions about all of these conspiracy theories. Um, And you will hear about it because this is my podcast and I do what I want. Uh, Full disclosure, before I go on with the episode itself, I'm not saying any of these conspiracy theories are true. Absolutely not saying that at all. Um, But people believe them. And I think they're interesting and they're sometimes entertaining. So, I mean, podcast, you know, it's the perfect formula. So let's get into it. Let's talk about these professional wrestling conspiracy theories. These are some of the more popular ones that are more widely speculated and not necessarily believed, but entertained more than maybe some other ones. The first one I want to talk about is two ultimate warriors. Okay. The theory is that the original ultimate warrior, huge star, one of the most famous professional wrestlers ever of all time. um, His name was Jim Helwig in real life. The theory is that he actually died during the early 90s. And the WWE had already slated a comeback for the Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 8. And they were like, we're going to lose so much viewership. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? How are we going to fill this hole? And so they decided that they would just replace the Ultimate Warrior character with a different person. And that was allegedly Kerry Von Erich, who we'll talk about on another episode. Him and his family just have a horrible streak of bad luck. We'll talk about that later eventually. Um, but this conspiracy theory, the two ultimate warriors conspiracy theory, excuse me, um, I get why people believe this because there was a time in the mid nineties when WWE actually tried to replace Scott Hall and Kevin Nash who had left for WCW. Well, they were known in the WWE as Razor Ramon and Diesel and the WWE had tried to replace the Razor Ramon and Diesel characters with different wrestlers in the same costumes. And obviously it didn't go well. I mean, people aren't stupid. 
you slap a costume on a different person, they're not going to immediately think it's the same person. It was extremely obvious. And it flopped. Everyone hated it. They were having their intelligence insulted by by assuming that they would believe that just because these two different dudes that were in the same costume were the same dudes. It was stupid. Um, and I can understand why they would think that they did the same thing with the Ultimate Warrior. Because, you know, they had already done it before. But, I mean, Jim Helwig was definitely still alive at this time. He did pass away in 2014, right after he got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. But at the time, the early 90s, he was definitely still alive. I mean, he had legally changed his last name to Warrior. And so technically, Jim Helwig didn't really exist anymore. He was <laughs> Jim Warrior. And so I guess he was different. You could say that he was technically different but definitely not dead. So this theory, this theory is very funny and it's very popular, but it's kind of stupid and it's not real. So moving on. Oh God. I just looked at my notes and my, my heart sank because, uh, this is going to be the worst one. I'm just going to let you guys know this one is not like funny or like snarky in any way. Um, we're going to be talking about Chris Benoit. Uh, this is a really, really hard thing to talk about. I'm not going to go too far into it because to the best of my knowledge, Dark Side of the Ring is going to be doing an episode about Chris Benoit. And I would like to do an episode talking about that. Um, so I'm not going to go in too deep because I do intend to have an episode about this in the future and there's a lot of ground to cover. So I'll just give you the basics. Um, this is the worst one <laughs> out of all of them. It's horrible and sad. And this one is not true. I need to say that right up front, but uh, a lot of people believe it. And the theory is that uh, Kevin Sullivan murdered Chris Benoit and his family. Let me tell you a little bit about Chris Benoit, if you don't know who he is. Um, he was one of wrestling's top stars in the mid-2000s. Very, very popular. And very unexpectedly, uh, it came out that he had murdered his wife, his seven-year-old son, and then killed himself. Um, Chris Benoit was a very popular professional wrestler. He was adored by his fans and also by his peers in the wrestling business. Um, I can't really stress enough how beloved he was by the general public. He was like Daniel Bryan, essentially. Very, very popular. And because of this, some people were not convinced that he had the capacity to commit these murders. And so this conspiracy theory is that another professional wrestler by the name of Kevin Sullivan... Um, well, he was at one time married to Chris Benoit's wife, Nancy. And the theory is that Kevin Sullivan was extremely jealous and bitter that Nancy had left him for Chris. And I'm sure you can guess where the theory goes from there. Uh, of course, this is not true at all. I'd like to say that right out. There is absolutely no evidence whatsoever condemning Kel Kevin Sullivan in any way. And Chris Benoit is responsible for these murders, and that is a fact. It's indisputable. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about this theory is because it's so interesting to me, because it's so indicative of this obsessive celebrity culture. I mean, some people will really do anything or say anything to martyr their favorite celebrities, even when they've done something horrible and unforgivable. And I think that's exactly what has happened here. Um, and that's all I'm going to say about it right now. Really sad. Pretty much nothing good 
came of it except for WWE's treatment of concussions, which is a good thing. But we'll talk more about that later on. Um, Gonna take that ugly hat off. That's a really, really horrible thing to talk about. I did want to get it out of the way right away so that we can move on to lighter things because nothing is going to be as dark as that one. Um, Moving on. The next theory I want to talk about is Randy Savage actually fought Hulk Hogan before WrestleMania 9. WrestleMania 9 is trash. If you didn't know, it's garbage. Don't watch it. If you want to watch trash, then go ahead and watch WrestleMania 9. Um, But Hulk Hogan, it was outdoor too. It was fucking weird, but that's not the point. Uh, Hulk Hogan showed up to WrestleMania 9 with this huge black eye. And when I say black eye, I don't mean like black around the outside, although it was black around the outside, but I mean his literal eyeball was fucking black. Like, that's hardcore. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. His eye was fucked up. I need you all to know that. Um, The kayfabe story, the story in the world of WWE professional wrestling itself, was that Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man Ted DiBiase, and his fucking cronies or whatever, beat him up. Um, WWE's other story, the non-kayfabe story, the real quotation mark story, if you will, uh, was that Terry was in a jet ski accident that fucked up his eye. The conspiracy theory is that Randy Savage, the macho man, our favorite here on Bummer Slam, um, I've talked about it before, he famously had real beef with Hulk Hogan. They did not like each other. Uh, he was convinced that Hulk was actually having an affair with Miss Elizabeth and punched him out. I can kind of see that being real. Um... I don't know what else to say about it, honestly. I can't, I couldn't tell you if it was real or not. This is the one that I'm most divided about, I think, out of all the conspiracy theories on this list, because it really does seem plausible that Randy Savage would fucking go crazy on this guy that he actually hated. But I mean, Hulk Hogan himself said it was a jet ski accident. Everybody says it's a jet ski accident. Nobody else really says it was Randy Savage. So it's more likely that it was just a jet ski accident but i mean randy's done crazier shit before so i could see it happening the next theory i want to talk about is this is another theory that i have talked about a little bit on this show the very first full episode of bummer slam i mentioned this one and that is the relationship between randy savage and stephanie mcmahon um i i know i've talked about this a little before on the show i gave the general rundown Um, But the theory is that the reason Randy Savage was fired from the WWE so abruptly and the reason he wasn't inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame until after his death is because he had a sexual relationship with Vince McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, when she was 17. And this is obviously very far-fetched. This is like a very big accusation. And um, none of the McMahons, including Stephanie, have ever brought this up. I I do feel like this would be a very easy rumor for them to squash, but no one has ever said anything about it. Um, At the same time, though, I get it, because this is a really ridiculous theory and not necessarily worth their time to acknowledge, so I get it, you know. Um, Another thing is that Randy's brother, Lanny Poffo, allegedly kind of talked about it, I can't remember where. Um, It might have been at the Hall of Fame induction or something like that. Um, And he said that it might be true. He hinted that it might be true. Uh, 
that sounds fake to me, <laughs> or he was talking about something else and it got misconstrued. I don't really believe this one, honestly. I think that if that was all true, Randy Savage wouldn't have ended up in the Hall of Fame at all. Obviously, you are, you're fucking the boss's underage daughter. I don't think you're going to get rewarded for that. So I don't believe this one. It's just very weird to me, though. This is the weirdest one of all of them. All of them have, have different superlatives. Um, all right, moving on to the next theory. Oh, man, this one is stupid. <laughs> the, this one is stupid because I can see it being real. Um, and it's that Vince Russo was a double agent. Okay, if you don't know who Vince Russo was, he was a booker for WWE. And a booker is someone who determines the matches. They match people up together and they determine the progression of the match. So they'll decide like, okay, you super kick him and then you like fight outside the ring and then this is the finisher and everything. So they basically construct and craft the match that you will see the wrestlers perform. And this was Vince Russo's job. He worked for the WWE for years and then he moved to WCW, who was the WWE's biggest competition at the time. For years, they went back and forth on who had the higher ratings. It was called the Monday Night Wars. And Vince Russo is largely credited for running the WCW to its death because of his absolutely terrible booking decisions and storylines. This is widely considered to be the reason that the company failed and no longer exists because it was... Um, absorbed by the WWE ultimately. Um, the theory is that Vince McMahon actually sent Vince Russo to WCW. He didn't just leave, jump ship. He was sent there. And whether Vince Russo knew what his job was or not, um, he was basically sent to write McMahon's competition to death. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I could see this one being real, like I said, but in reality, when it all comes down to it, I think it was just Vince Russo's cluelessness and ineptitude because he has demonstrated that on more than one occasion. I don't really think it was a big conspiracy by Vince McMahon. I think Vince Russo is just dumb and not a great wrestling booker, quite frankly. That sounds harsh, but I mean, them's the facts, Jack. You gotta, you gotta take credit where credit is due, you know what I mean? Um, okay, that's that one. I can kind of see that one happening. Um, moving on, though. This one is also stupid. Like, they're all stupid, okay? <laughs> they're conspiracy theories, but they are fun to listen to. Uh, this one, Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels were lovers. Okay. Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid. One of the most famous professional wrestlers ever. He he's always seemed, at least in my opinion, to be looked at favorably in the eyes of the WWE. I mean, even when he's heel, he's still very, very popular. And the WWE treats him very, very well. They hold him on a higher pedestal than some of the other classic wrestlers. Um, some people have mentioned that in the 90s, Sean seemed to be spending a lot of time in Vince's office. And Sean was also still on WWE's payroll during his first retirement. And that seems a little weird. It also seems a little weird that he's spending a lot of time in Vince's office, but it really doesn't because he was one of the top wrestlers at the time. Of course, he's going to be spending time with the boss, working out angles, storylines, things that are going to happen to Shawn Michaels in the future. Um, but Road Warrior Hawk 
he talked about this like it was like it was fact, like it was common knowledge during a shoot interview. And I feel like a couple other wrestlers have also talked about this like it happened. Um, I I think that they're just like memeing, and I think they're kind of being mean to Sean. Uh, it, it's just weird. This one is just weird because there's like there's no reason for people to believe it. I think it's very unnecessary. Um, and I I think that people who believe this one don't don't get that Road Warrior Hawk was probably making a joke. Um, that's that one. Yeah, this one's just kind of kind of weird, kind of gross, but it's also funny. So happy bummer slam. All right, the next theory. All right, you're gonna you're gonna hear me get mad for a little bit. This this theory, the Montreal screw job was a work. Let me start off by saying that the Montreal screw job was not a work, and this is a trash theory. And here's why. Okay. Some people say Vince's plan all along was to bring about the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era was this new, edgy era of wrestling. And he was going to do this by eliminating the last remaining old school style babyface wrestler, who was Bret Hart. He was like the top wrestler at the, at the time. He was the WWE Championship. And what happened was that Bret was leaving for WCW. He was supposed to drop the belt to Sean at Survivor Series, but he did not want to because the Survivor Series was taking place in his home country of Canada. At this time, Brett was a huge babyface in Canada and a heel in the United States. It was very important for him to not lose on his home turf. And Vince and Sean and everyone else thought that this was very unreasonable, and so they decided to just, just, to just take it from him. And at the Survivor Series that night, when, you know, it was supposed to come out in a, in a false finish or whatever, uh, Sean put Bret Hart in his signature submission hold, the sharpshooter, and Bret did not tap out. There was no pin. The bell was rung. The match was over. Sean had won the match and gotten the belt without Bret actually losing. Um, but it was painted like he lost in front of everybody, and he was pissed, right? And... The theory, the conspiracy theory, is that Brett was planning to leave for WCW all along, from the very beginning, and Vince wanted to cause a controversy to boost viewership, which it did, eventually, and everyone was in, it on, was in on it on the whole time. You know, Brett was in on it, Sean was in on it, everybody that needed to be in on it was in on it. Um, that's fucking trash, that's not true. Um, if this is true, then everyone is very committed to keeping this a secret for some reason. No one has slipped about it. Like, the stories have been the same the entire time. Brett literally did not return to WWE for 12 years after this happened. And also there was an entire fucking documentary crew following him around at the time making Wrestling With Shadows. And at the time this happened, like... Everything was caught on tape. <laughs> oh my god. I'm gonna get way too into this if I keep going. I'm gonna save all of this for the Montreal Screwjob series. I would just like to say that this is not real. And you can call me a mark if you want. You can say that I've been worked to hell. But if I've been worked, then I'll fucking admit it. If this ever comes out that it is not true. Okay, I will eat my own hat or whatever that fucking phrase is. Moving on to something much lighter. Brock Lesnar wasn't supposed to end the streak. If you're not familiar with the streak, The Undertaker 
If you don't know wrestling, I almost guarantee you know who The Undertaker is. He's a big zombie. He um, he had won 21 straight WrestleManias with no losses. And the streak was ended. I can't remember which WrestleMania it was. I did not write it down. Um, when Brock Lesnar was finally the one to beat him. What happened was The Undertaker apparently had suffered a concussion during this match. And he was hospitalized afterwards. And it's been theorized that Brock Lesnar possibly noticed Undertaker was hurt and couldn't go on. And so he ended the match before any more damage could be done. He wasn't originally supposed to break the streak, but out of necessity, he did. Paul Heyman, who everyone knows is <laughs> Brock Lesnar's manager, my client Brock Lesnar, we talk about it all the time. Um, he kind of admitted this was true during one of his live shows. He was like, oh, am I telling you something you're not supposed to know or am I just fucking with you? But the real question is, is this a work or a shoot? Nobody, nobody really knows. Um, I can see this one being real. I think it's logical, quite frankly, but I also don't think it happened. I think that Brock was originally slated to beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania and break the streak mostly because of the way that we know the company has always treated Brock Lesnar, like he's this unbeatable beast. Of course, he's going to be the one to break the streak because he's the one that always wins. So I don't believe this one. I don't think this one is real, but I totally understand why people do. I think it's the one of the most plausible of any of the theories that I talk about. Um, this is the last conspiracy theory proper, I'll I'll say. I have one more to talk about after this. But this last one is that WWE doctors purposely didn't clear Daniel Bryan to wrestle after his concussion because the company wanted to push Roman Reigns instead. I mean, that kind of speaks for himself. But Daniel Bryan was this huge star, um, very, very popular with the fans. The Yes movement. Yes, yes, yes. That's all Daniel Bryan. Um, he got a concussion during a match and... WWE doctors wouldn't clear him to go back to wrestle. His concussion was too bad. He needed more time off to heal from this concussion. And so he had to retire, like, right when he was at the top of his game. It was very sad. Um, he did come back a few years later. I, as far as I know, he's still wrestling. Um, and so everything went all right there. But it was very sad at the time he had to retire. Daniel Bryan was a huge star, really big star, and obviously a huge fan favorite. But he was never supposed to be. Um, we all know that Roman Reigns is like the, the second coming of The Rock, <laughs> according to the WWE. The WWE loves Roman Reigns. They love to shove him down our throats. Um, that sounds like a diss against Roman Reigns, but I mean, he can get booed out of the building. He can get booed forever, and the WWE will still push him. So I can really understand why people why people believe this theory because you know Roman Reigns again and again and again but Daniel Bryan who everybody loves he has to go into retirement that's interesting um the the reason I don't think this one is real though is because Daniel Bryan was making the WWE a lot of money at this time as I said before huge star huge fan favorite of course you're gonna buy the Daniel Bryan t-shirts and the little wrestling belts and whatever making the company so much money. It would be stupid to not clear him to come back. However, 
This is the theory that I believe the most out of all of them because of the way the WWE pushes Roman Reigns, because of the way they have always pushed Roman Reigns, and because of this next thing that I'm going to talk about. This is my own conspiracy theory that I have crafted for this episode. Um, I don't, it's kind of half conspiracy theory and half just straight opinion. Um, and I, you know, I don't even necessarily, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. This is my own conspiracy theory. And it is that CM Punk should have been as big a star as Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was so innovative and fresh in the things that he was doing. And I think that he and Daniel Bryan should have led the WWE and the professional wrestling business as a whole into a new era of professional wrestling. But the WWE was dead set on keeping, keeping people like John Cena and Roman Reigns, the top stars of the company, despite pushback from fans. And both CM Punk and Daniel Bryan ended up leaving the company. I mean, they're both back now, right now, as we speak, in one way or another. But despite that, I think it's too late. And CM Punk isn't even wrestling yet, okay? He might come back, but I kind of doubt that he will. And I think it's too late now because the heat isn't as powerful as it was before. I think that this opportunity was sorely, sorely missed. I think that we should be in a different style and a different era of professional wrestling than we are now because CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were not treated as if they were stars from the Attitude Era. I think that was a missed opportunity and I I think it was a mistake, quite frankly. And that's that. That's my opinion on that. That's my conspiracy theory, air quotes. Do with it what you will. Just something that I've been thinking about a little bit. The reason I mentioned CM Punk, actually, is because he liked one of my tweets recently, Flip's Hair, uh, and as a Twitter person and a wrestling fan, made my day. Of course I had to talk about that on the podcast. It's wrestling-related. Ah, that's really all I got for you today. We got through all the conspiracy theories that I wanted to talk about. Kind of set you up for a couple episodes that we'll definitely be doing in the future. Some kind of hard, hard things that we're going to be talking about on the future of the podcast. Uh, hopefully with more guests coming up shortly. This next week should be a fun one. Hopefully you guys like what I have cooking up for you. Until next time, I mean... Wrestling's real, people are fake, and so are these conspiracy theories, baby! Oh yeah!